0: i shall n そう<音楽>
1: Alhamdulillah, Nahmadahu on a stain of wa on a Safiro, when Naru will laugh him and Shurri Amfusina was a yati Armadina. May Yahdi Hilla Ho Fala Modilla, or may Fala Hadiella, where Shadu and La Ilaha Illa, who are the Hula Sharikala, wa Shadow anna muhammadan Abduhu wa Sulu. Ya you had Ladina Amino Takulaha Haka Tukati, while at a moon to Nailla were Ya ayuhal nasa, taqo rabbakum aladhi khalakakum in nafsin wahida wa khalak minhaa zawjaha wabatta minhuma rijal kathira wa nisaa wa taqo laha lazhi tasaadu nabiki wal arham inna allaha kana arikum raqiba Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu taqo laha wakoolu qawlan salida yuslih lakum aamalakum wa yaghfir lakum dhurobakum wa ma yuta'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faza tawzan abimma amma ba'du فَإِنَّ أَصْلَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرُ الْحَجِيهَ مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَشَرُّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَ وَكُلَّ الضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ أَمَّا بَعْدُ Brothers and sisters in Islam, one of the most extraordinary aspects about fasting in the month of Ramadan is there a powerful exchange between the personal sacrifices that one makes with his food, drink, and carnal pleasures and desires and what he is or she is receiving in exchange? Fasting, giving up food, drink, and sexual desires and carnal pleasures is just a means to an end for the ransom of our souls from the clutches of this worldly <coughs> human experience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says <laughs> in the Quran. That Allah has purchased from the believers their souls and their wealth in exchange for paradise. Anything that is worth having requires some sort of sacrifice. Some sort of sacrifice in the form of an exchange. Which proves our worthiness of having the thing that we are sacrificing for. This is the language that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses all throughout the Quran to gain our attention. Knowing that the human being is always in negotiation for the most valuable asset that he has uh, control over and that is his soul. We're always, every choice that we make, every day, there's, our souls are on the line for it. Every single decision that we make, we are sacrificing our soul. Our soul is literally caught in the middle of that exchange. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Every day the human being wakes up, he is in negotiation for his soul. إِمَّا وَإِمَّا That you are either setting your soul free, or you're further enslaving your soul. It all depends on the choice that you make. If you make a choice that further enslaves your soul, by putting yourself in debt with another human being, whether in emotional debt, Whether a spiritual debt Whether it's a financial debt Anytime you put yourself in debt With another human being You have sacrificed your soul An emotional debt meaning that There's somebody that Possibly a spouse That you owe an emotional debt to People that we have wronged In relationships That we know that we're going to have to answer for Whether it's men Who have divorced women unjustly Unfairly whether it's women who have used children to abuse their husbands or ex-husbands Whether it's women who have asked to be released from marriages for the most infinitesimal matters that could have been <coughs> resolved These are emotional debts that we owe to people that we're going to have to repay Whether it's financial debt, money that we borrow from people, property that we have destroyed that belonged to others These are financial debts that we owe Personal debts of loyalty, people who we have betrayed, people who we have crossed. These are personal debts that we have to pay. All of these debts had our soul in the middle of that transaction. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in this hadith that every day the human being wakes up, that <laughs> he is in negotiation for his soul. Every morning that we wake up, the moment you open your eyes, you are in negotiation for your soul. How you choose to proceed in your day will determine whether or not you are did something to further enslave your soul or further free your soul. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the language of business transactions in the Qur'an, knowing that the human being is always in negotiation, There's always a negotiation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says O you who believe, can I not direct you to a business transaction A tijara, a business transaction That will save you from a painful punishment That you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In the last day And you struggle and you fight with your wealth And with yourself in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the transaction. And in exchange for that, there is jannah. In exchange for that, there's paradise. So there's a quid pro quo dynamic, even as it relates to our interaction with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that in order for one to truly attain righteousness and piety, they have to give up something that they love. This is essentially the definition of sacrifice. Sacrifice literally means to give up something that you love, something that you covet, something that you want, for something or someone that you love even more. That's what a sacrifice is. The Prophet وسلم, he said, That whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace it with what is better. That's a sacrifice. What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up your lifestyle for, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Some of us, we have one foot in Islam, one foot still in the dunya and jahiliyah. Brothers, you can just sit here, inshallah, and we'll work all the details out after the salat is over, inshallah. All right? There's no, literally, no more room in the back, inshallah. If you guys want to move up as much as you can, it doesn't matter because we're not lining up for the salat yet. When we line up for the salat, inshallah, we'll straighten everything out. But if you could just move up, just inch up just a little bit, inshallah. I'll try not to hold you too long. The Prophet Wasallam he said. That whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, then Allah will replace it with what is better. That's a sacrifice. And subhanAllah, many of us who have converted to Islam, we have been caught at this crossroad where we are now faced with converting to Islam and giving up our entire lifestyle and replacing it with the lifestyle that Islam is offering us. Or do we still claim to be Muslim but still hold on to the lifestyle? That, you haven't made the sacrifice. And that is one of the reasons why many have not tasted the sweetness of Iman. The sweetness of faith, halawat al-Iman. We haven't tasted it because we haven't made the sacrifice for it. We haven't given up what we love for someone that we love even more, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We give up what is convenient for us. We give up time when it's convenient. We go see our children, we go spend time with our families, spend time with our spouse when we have time, when it's convenient for us. We give money when it's convenient. We come to the masjid, we reach past the 50, past the 20, we give five, ten dollars dollars when it's convenient. I give it when I have it. I ain't got it right now, right? But don't you know when you give, even when you don't have it, that's what makes the giving even more meritorious. It's more virtuous when you give it when you don't have it. Because you're pulling from, from a place that's going to hurt you. When you offer your spouse time and energy, pulling from, you know, maybe hanging out with the brothers or going here, doing something that you wanted to do, but you make a sacrifice because you're pulling from a place that you really don't want to pull from. You're pulling from a place that you don't want to pull from. That's where the sacrifice is. Not when it's convenient for me. Oh, I got time now. Right? Some, unfortunately, don't really have time until they don't have time meaning when we're incarcerated we got all the time in the world at that time writing long letters long hours on the phone but when you're here it's like you're you're gone, out and about so you, it's like we don't have time until we have we don't have time you have no more time on the street because all your time is now preoccupied in jail in prison and now you have all the time in the world but when you're here it's like you don't have time these are the sacrifices that are required of us. If we want to taste the sweetness of anything, we have to make a sacrifice. You want to taste the sweetness of Iman? You want to taste the sweetness of faith? You have to be willing to make a sacrifice. You want to taste the sweetness of your marriage? You have to make a sacrifice. All of this idea, I don't want to go to counseling, ain't another man going to tell me about my business, ain't another man going to tell me he got flaws and mistakes like I do. Yes, he does. And that's what gives him the privilege to be able to give you some advice. The scholars they say, man man That a sā'id, the successful person, is the person that learns from other people's mistakes. Don't sit there and use this as a justification and say how I'm going to sit in front of this imam. He got mistakes. He made mistakes just like I am. I'm gonna sit? So who are you gonna sit in front of? Somebody who's perfect? Where do? They- Where is he at? Point him out. The only reason that you can sit in front of somebody and take advice is because they've made mistakes that you have yet to make. And the successful person is the one who learns from other people's mistakes. And the wretched person, the sad, despicable person, is the person who has to learn from his own mistakes because you're too arrogant to learn from somebody else's mistakes. So you got to go and recreate the wheel all over again and create the same mistakes all over again. So rather than us as a Ummah, as a commi- as a collective, breaking generational curses and not committing the mistakes of our forefathers, here we are today committing the same mistakes all over again. Because we're too arrogant and too ignorant to learn from those who came before us. There's nothing worse than an old fool. Because the old fool started off as a young fool. And he just never learned how to not be a fool. But here we are today, still recreating the same generational curses, still perpetuating the same generational curses over and over and over again because we're too ignorant, too arrogant to learn from the past. Whether for us, from us as a Muslim, as a Muslim Ummah, as a community, or whether from individually within, individually within our own families, still perpetuating the same generational curses. curses. But the Prophet said that whoever leaves off something for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace it with what is better. If you are going to taste the sweetness of anything that requires a sacrifice, you want the sweetness of Iman, you have to make a sacrifice. You want the sweetness of fasting. Many of us look at fasting as just giving up food, drink, spending long days, not eating and drinking, and you are missing out on the sweetness, the halawa of siyam. There's a sweetness that comes along with fasting, brothers and sisters, I promise you. For we are not making the sacrifices, so therefore we are depriving ourselves of the greatest opportunity. And all throughout the Quran, we see examples of men and women who have made sacrifices in one way or another to prove to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He was more beloved to them than the blessings that He gave them. Because to preoccupy yourself with the blessing, the ni'mah. Rather than the mun'im, rather than the benefactor, the one who gave you the blessing, is to prove yourself unworthy of having it. I'll say that again. To preoccupy yourself with the ni'mah, with the blessing, rather than the mun'im, the one who gave you the blessing, is to prove that you don't deserve it anyway. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al Baqarah, ayah 165. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَشَدُوا حُبًّا لِلَّهِ And from amongst mankind are those who take for worship, take for gods, Others besides Allah, loving them as they should love Allah, but those who truly believe love Allah even more. Ashadu lillah. love Allah subhanahu wa taala more. They put Allah before anything and everyone else. That is the ultimate sacrifice. That is what makes you a Muslim by definition. Is that you have willing, you have willingly given up any attachment to anything and anybody over Allah subhanahu wa taala? You put Allah first in everything. That is the ultimate Muslim. No strings attached. Period. And when you can get to the point in your life where you live life with no strings attached to anyone, meaning nobody controls you, love doesn't control you, emotional manipulation doesn't control you, money doesn't control you, fear doesn't control you, none of that controls you. You have arrived at the highest state of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are a Muslim. Push, as the Arab say, pure, unadulterated Muslim. Part of what stops us, hinders us from being truly Muslim, submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the strings attached. We got to learn how to start cutting those strings. Because when you attach too many strings to something... They become a puppet. This is, what, this is what a puppet is. The puppet dangles and there's all these strings attached and the person that's controlling the strings is what controls the movement of the puppet. You can't be a puppet and be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same time. You can't be controlled by fear and also submit to Allah at the same time. You can't be controlled by love and also serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same time. You can't be controlled by emotional manipulation and then turn around and be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't be controlled by drugs and alcohol and still be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When drugs and alcohol control your life, you are a puppet. When your desires control your life, you are a puppet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that there are some from amongst mankind. Who take their desires as their God besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your desires has now become your God. Your halal and haram is based upon how you feel. You feeling good today? You're going to go drink and party and live life like today is your last day. You feeling horrible today? I might go to the masjid. I might spend my time in the masjid praying and making tawbah, asking Allah for forgiveness. It all depends on how I'm feeling. What a way to live your life, man, Subhanallah. And then on top of that, to call yourself a Muslim, someone who is guided by revelation, should be guided by revelation. A Muslim's life is very simple, very simplistic. This is what Allah says, وطعنا, We hear and we obey. This is what Allah says, وطعنا, We hear and we obey. This is what Allah says, وطعنا, We hear and we obey. This is what Allah says, وطعنا, We hear and we obey. Very simple lifestyle. Very simple lifestyle. We complicate it because of the strings that are attached. <coughs> and when you look at one of the greatest examples before that, Ibn Al Qayyim wrote a very beautiful statement. He said, "Tamam al Khudlan in shiral al Ad bin Nigma an al Munigma wal Bilbaliya an al Mubtali. Faleysa dawman yubtala li yudhab wa inna yubtala li Ibn Qayyim He said from the greatest forms of deprivation The greatest signs that a person has been deprived Of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is for a person, for the servant to busy himself With the ni'mah, with the blessing Rather than busying himself Showing gratitude and praise to the one who gave him the blessing And for the person who is tested To put more emphasis on the test then the one that is testing you. Because Allah doesn't test you to break you. Allah tests you to purify you. You come out of that fire like Prophet Ibrahim a.s. came out of the fire when he told the fire O oh, fire be a place of tranquility and coolness for Ibrahim. That's what fitna ultimately becomes for you. And you come out of that fitna bright and white like the hand of Musa when he took it out of his shirt Bright and white for everybody to see. That's how you come out of fitna. That's how you emerge from fitna when you are tested and you put most of your time, your preoccupation with the one that's testing you, not the test itself. Don't busy yourself with the test. Oh, I'm going through it right now. I'm being tested. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to purify you. Put your focus and your attention on the one that's testing you, not the test. Put your focus and your attention on the one who blessed you, not the blessing. Not the blessing! We spend so much time encapsulated by the blessings that are surrounding us that we forget to even show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that He's given us. One of the greatest examples of this sacrifice is the story of Ibrahim who was tasked with sacrificing his own son which was symbolic of a ritual sacrifice that people used to make with animals people used to make sacrificial make sacrifices ritual sacrifices with animals to prove their love and their devotion either to their idol or whatever statue or stone they were worshipping but here Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim not with slaughtering an animal but slaughtering his own son and Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala here don't focus on the test focus on the one who gave you the test Ibrahim Salam went to his son and he said to his son inni arafil manami anni ad-bauchu. I saw myself in a dream slaughtering you You know, get your affairs in order This is going to be a slaughter tonight My Lord gave me a command I hear and I obey You understand? Even something as simple as that I hear and I obey The next time you decide to embark on something that's haram Ask yourself, did Allah permit this? And if He didn't, say I hear and I obey the next time you're about to engage in something that you know is haram Tell yourself, Allah did not permit this, I hear and I obey Because when you do that, the more and more you do that You cut the strings that are attached to you That are preventing you from being a complete servant to Allah I don't know time We want to taste the sweetness of Iman, you have to make a sacrifice You want to taste the sweetness of Uplillah, you want to taste the sweetness of loving Allah then you have to cut your ties with love for anything and everyone else. <laughs> Along the same lines is the way that you love Allah. That doesn't mean you don't love your children, you don't love your spouse, you don't love your parents, but not like you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Sa'id ibn Abi Waqas, we told his mother when he converted to Islam, and his mother said that I'm not going to eat or drink anything until you denounce your faith. And if you die, be, if I die before you denounce your faith, then my blood will be on your hands. You will be known in our tribe as the man who chose his own mother. Said ibn Abi waqas looked at his mother and he said, Ya yeah, ummah, oh my mother, wallahi uhibbuk." I love you. He said, but I swear by Allah, I swear to God, if you had a thousand lives and every single soul was to come out of your body one after another, you would run out of souls before I would denounce my faith. You would die before I denounce my faith. (coughs) So you cannot eat or drink all you want. (laughs) But that is not going to change my life, my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one iota, not one. You had a thousand souls and each one of them were to come out of your body one after the other. You would run out of souls before I would denounce my faith. This is a man who was not hinged his faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Was not hinged on his love for his own mother Love cannot stop me Love is not a string attached That's going to have me being a puppet for you Sometimes women do it Sometimes our mothers do it They put love on the table And I can tell you with me You put love on the table You're going to lose every time I promise you Because there's nobody No one That I love more than Allah subhanahu wa there's no human being that ever walked this earth That I love more than Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Period It's my life I'm sorry I don't see another human being You know, with the status and the statues Other people see, I'm sorry It's not arrogance It's just that when you met the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam When you fell in love with the Prophet Sallallahu You didn't have enough love for other people like that Not on that level and you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that level There's not enough room in your heart In that space for another human being Putting everything in perspective And Ibrahim alayhi salam he told his son I saw myself in the dreams slaughtering you Go take a look at your affairs and let me know what you think And of course his son loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well And loving his father and wanting his father to be obedient to Allah He told his father, Ya yeah, Abati. If I ma'tuni, insha'Allah, Slavidin, do or my father, do what Allah commanded you to do. Slaughter me. This is a son telling his father, put a knife to my neck and slaughter me, because I don't want to stop you from loving Allah, proving your love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This speaks volumes for the way that spouses try to interfere and their spouse's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He tried to come in between me and my love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He tried to compromise my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will love me. That's not what a true servant does. A true servant wants you to obey Allah. When the Prophet sallallahu boycotted his wives for 30 days, and after the month was over, he boycotted his wives for a month, and after the month was over, and that month happened to be 29 days, The Prophet began his rotation starting with Aisha. And when he entered upon Aisha, Aisha said, I thought you were boycotting us for a month. You took an oath. You gotta fulfill your oath to Allah. When you take an oath, you have to fulfill that oath to Allah. I thought you were boycotting us for a month. The Prophet said, I was. But the month just so happened to be 29 days. Aisha said, I know because I was counting every single one of them. Meaning. She felt the pressure of her husband being absent. Not only that, even along with the fact that she was affected by his absence in her home, she still wanted him to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she was calculating the days to make sure that he fulfilled his oath to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, this is a woman who wants her husband to be obedient to Allah. This is a woman who wanted her husband to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly with Ibrahim and Ismail, this is a son who wanted his father to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, at the end of that story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Prophet Ibrahim a lamb to slaughter instead of his son because he has fulfilled his promise. He proved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he loved Allah more than his own son. My question for all of us today is what have you done to prove to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you deserve the ni'mah, the blessing of being Muslim. Because if we had to ask ourselves, why did Allah choose me to be Muslim? Some of us may be the only Muslims in our families. Some of us may be the only practicing Muslims in our families. And the question is, why did Allah choose you? Why not your brother? Why not your sister? Why not your cousin? Why not your father, why not your mother? Why you? And what have you done to prove to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala that you are appreciative of the blessing of Islam? <laughs> It is not the thing that is being sacrificed. The reason why Allah gave Prophet Ibrahim a lamb to slaughter instead of his own son is because it wasn't about the son being sacrificed. It was the willingness... Were you willing to put a knife to your own son's neck and slaughter him? Were you willing to do that for me? And Ibrahim proved that he would be willing to do that. And so now as Ramadan is coming to an end and we look at all of the things, all of the strings that are attached to us and those strings are still waiting for us even after Ramadan is over. You may have conquered some of those strings. You may have been able to manage to put a clamp on some of those strings while you're in the month of Ramadan. But once the gates of paradise are closed and the gates of hellfire are open and the shealtin are let loose back on the earth and the days go back to being normal days, do you welcome those strings back or do you completely clip those strings all together and sacrifice, slaughter those strings, put the knife to those strings and cut it? Like Ibrahim was going to put the knife to his own son's neck and cut it. For those of us who struggle with drugs and alcohol, are you willing to put the knife, symbolically, are you willing to put the knife to the drugs and alcohol and slaughter that? Like Ibrahim slaughtered his son. For those of us who struggle with women, one day we with one woman, next day with another woman, and with women and desires, And are you willing to put the knife to the neck of that desire and slaughter it? Like Ibrahim alayhi salam, slaughtered, was going to slaughter his own son. These, all of these strings that we have attached, can we cut them after Ramadan is over? Or is Ramadan just a temporary sanctuary that we needed this breather, and then after Ramadan is over, it's like all right, right back out into being somebody's puppet all over again. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't care about the actual thing, He cares about the piety and the righteousness, the willingness in your heart to do it. As Allah says in the Quran, that when you slaughter your animal, it is not the meat that reaches Allah, it's not the blood that reaches Allah, it's the taqwa here that reaches Allah. Allah doesn't care about the meat, Allah is not going to eat the meat. The blood doesn't go to Allah. The meat doesn't go to Allah. So then what are we sacrificing for? We sacrifice him because Allah wants to see. Do you have the willingness to go pay money for an animal? The only reason that you're paying money for the animal is to slaughter it. Obviously eating the meat from the animal that slaughtered it is just the icing on the cake. But that's not why you slaughtered the animal. You paid money to slaughter an animal. Which means that you gave money as a sacrifice. That was you putting the knife to your money's neck and slaughtering it. Are we willing to do that with our jobs? Are we willing to do that with the money that we cherish and we covet so much that we will be willing to take another human being's life over it? Money controls many people. We are puppets to the money. Whoever controls the money controls us. Be that your job, be that your boss, be that your man, be that your girl, be that whoever. Whoever controls the money controls you Here again, once again Still a slave to something Or someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Still don't get it Still don't get what it means To be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That it is not the meat or the blood That reaches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But it is the taqwa It is the piety, the righteousness That reaches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why the Prophet ﷺ said, "Inna Allah, that Allah does not look at your physical features. Allah does not look at your bodies and your physical features and what you dress and how you dress and what you wear and the name brand clothing that you wear. Allah doesn't care about any of that. Allah doesn't care how buff you are, how big you are, how much you can bench press. Allah doesn't look at your physical features nor does He look at your outward appearance. But Allah looks at your your hearts and your deeds. That's what matters the most to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your heart and your deeds. And so, fasting, as we come into the end of Ramadan, fasting was the ultimate sacrifice that we made. We gave up our food, we gave up our drink. We gave up our sexual desires and intimacy with our spouses for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To prove to Allah that we loved him even more than these things And it's not about the the abandonment of food and drink and carnal desires that makes uh, fasting or this form of sacrifice so powerful or extraordinary But it is the thing that we are in pursuit of while doing it while we're leaving all food and drink and carnal desires, what are we pursuing? What are we after? We're after the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're after taqwa, we're after piety and righteousness. And the ultimate proof of that is that if you are fasting and you still have not managed to attain taqwa while you're fasting, then you are basically wasting your time. The Prophet said, لَمْ يَدْعَ الزُّورُ بِهِ the Prophet ﷺ said, He who does not leave off giving false testimony, false witness, and lying, and all other major sins, then Allah is not in need of you leaving off your food and your drink. Because you missed the point. Meaning, if you're going to leave off food and drink and not achieve taqwa, piety, and righteousness, then there's no need for you to leave off your food and drink because the whole reason that we leave off food and drink is to achieve piety and righteousness. So you are basically counterproductive in your approach to fasting. Counterproductive because you are not achieving the goal, which is taqwa. And keep in mind, Ramadan will be over in nine days. Nine days Ramadan will be over. And... Whatever taqwa, whatever consciousness and piety and righteousness you were able to achieve during this month That is what you have to help you until the next time Ramadan comes over So if you squandered this opportunity, you didn't take advantage of this opportunity You're going to run out of gas very quickly Ramadan is like a pit stop Mahatma benzene is like where we stop to fill up on gas It is that pit stop that we need right there when it comes. And we stop, we fill our tank up with gas as much as we can, and then we jump back on the road, on the highway, what we call life, and we continue on until we reach our destination, which is death. And there's some people who like to put $10 in the tank, and you want to put the rest in your pocket. Some people who like to put a half a tank, a quarter of a tank, until you run out of gas and you realize I got to head back to the gas station, but there's no gas station for another 30 miles. But your gas tank is going to run out in 10 miles. You're not going to make it. That's a fact. Fill up. Don't play with your mind. Don't play with your heart. Don't play with your soul. Fill up. There's nine days left. Fill up. Fill up your tank with taqwa. So that when you jump back on this highway after Ramadan is over, you got enough gas to last you until you reach the next rest stop, which is next year, Ramadan. You got enough gas to last you. Summertime is right around the corner. Ramadan could not have come at a better time. Alhamdulillah, most people are out for spring break. Walilah alhamdulillah. And for many Muslims, spring break in Ramadan. Ramadan and spring break saved us. And there's some who decided, I'm still going to go on spring break. I'll make the days up after I come back. Let me know how that worked out for you. Me, I'm going to stay here and fast. Spring break is not that important. School year is almost over in another month and a half. But here again, delayed gratification, not instant gratification. I don't mind not having it now. If anything teaches us delayed gratification, it is knowing that our destination is paradise, not here. I can wait. Some people want theirs right now. But taking yours right now comes with consequences. It's tainted. It's not pure. But waiting and getting it in the hereafter, it comes with so much more. It's and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with reading. Especially those of us who have converted to Islam when you've already had your paradise. How much more of the dunya do you need? You were non-Muslim for what, 20 years, 30 years? You accepted Islam at 34, 24, 27. How many, how many years of your life, how much more of the world do you need? You've already lived a life. You converted to Islam, Allah forgave you for everything you did. Start anew, you got a new life with a new paradise waiting for you at the end of this. As the Prophet ﷺ said, in jannah ma la ra'at wa la sami'at wa la khatara ala bashar. In paradise, there's things that you will see that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, or no heart can ever conceive. I'm okay with that. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his rahmah, which is wasi'ah, which is vast and ever expanding over everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his makhfirah, for his forgiveness. For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to forgive. Allahumma <laughs> innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbu la'afwat fa'afu anna. Oh Allah, you are afu, you are the partner, and you are generous, and you love to pardon, so please pardon us. Oh Allah, you are the partner, and you love to pardon, so please pardon us. Allahumma <laughs> inna na'udhu bi ridaaka min sakhatik. O oh Allah, we seek refuge with your pleasure, from your anger. be more عُقُوبَتِكَ And we seek refuge from your safety. We seek refuge in your safety from your punishment. We'll be we seek refuge with you from you. We seek refuge with you from you. You are as you deserve to be praised. We can never praise you as you deserve to be praised. You are as you des- as you praise yourself. O oh Allah, we ask You for the good of this life and the good of the hereafter, and to save us from the hellfire. Allahumma oh zidna iman. Allah, increase us in iman. Allahumma zidna iman. O Allah, increase us in iman. Allahumma zidina imanin. Oh Allah, increase us in iman. Oh Allahumma inna nas'aluka ilman in nafi'an. Oh Allah, we ask you for beneficial knowledge. وَرِزْقًا And we ask you for provision that is halal and that is good, earned in a good manner. Wa And we ask you for righteous deeds that will be accepted from you. In that, you're in we ask you for a tongue that is always busy with your remembrance and gratitude to you. And we ask you for a heart that is in, always in awe and in fear of you. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa sallallahu <laughs> ala nabi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama taslima kathira wa akhiru da'wana ala alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa aqil We move up as close as we can, inshaAllah, even those in the front, you can just line up next to me,
0: inshallah.